If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gather around the radio. It's Dr. Drew and Bob's This Life. And This Life is brought to you today by Bergamet.com. Wait a minute. We got to get the littler ones, the little kids. Run and get grandma out of her room. Bring her around to the radio so she can hear about This Life from Dr. Drew and Bob Forrest. Right? Yes, of course. Of That's course. how it used to be in the America. You've mentioned that more than a couple of times. So, <laughs> well, no, but the, I mentioned it in a flip way, right? Yeah. But the point is the families used to be together, multi-generational families well, in and, a and, house. And what I find uh, really kind of uh, ironic is each generation complained about technology eroding into their family togetherness. So even the radio was considered sort of, uh, can't we just sit tell stories around the fire? <laughs> oh, dear and, no. And how do we transfer our culture unless you hear grandma's story? Uh, yeah. And lo and behold. But today we're brought to us, of course, by Bergamet.com and AlloRecovery.com, A-L-O Recovery.com. Bob, let's talk about Allo. Allo is the place that I started with Evan and Jared out in Malibu. We thought, let's start a real rehab in Malibu. Right? Yeah. As opposed to one that the emphasis is the sheet count and the food and the, you know, but. Or, or fancy nonsense that is not shown to be measurably effective in the treatment of addictive disease. Well, you can't be a patient, a client's friend and tell them the truth. That's right. So, so Malibu had gone awry and we started a real rehab out there that doesn't BS and doesn't, but is kind but tells the truth and and you know mostly the biggest problem with millennials is getting them in that next rung out of the outpatient and sober living into life that's the hardest move well, that's and Allo is issue. the best at it well, great excellent and uh, something that I would also urge that uh, our friend Jason Waller does a good job with too yeah down in yeah, Laguna. Laguna so there, there are people doing it and uh, it, it's it's obvious where it's getting done because the need is massive. Also, a reminder, go to doctor.com. Check the Amazon link there. You can uh, locate our sponsors' banners at thislifepodcast.com and doctor.com. Click on the links. Check out their websites and also click through the Amazon banner. It uh, doesn't cost you a thing, but keeps a little wind in the sails so we can keep this thing going. Um, why don't you introduce your friend? Well, this is a man who... who talk about a Renaissance man. Ian Brennan is a Renaissance man, including living in Italy now. So, But he is so instrumental in my playing music that I actually drew this interesting thing. The first time I ever played sober was for him. He said, come up to San Francisco and play. And I was like, 
I hadn't played in years, right? And played the brainwash or something. Yep. And um, and he always treated me with respect and tried to encourage me through the darkest of times. And lo and behold, he works in the helping field and we worked together for years. You worked together? Yeah, we worked together on Carlson cases a oh, lot. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. And then, then it gets even weirder. Then he becomes the leading world music producer, winning, winning Grammys. Wow, so it goes back. Well, that's what's your plan always, to go back to music. You know? I don't think well, you can plan recording loved, in yeah. Rwanda no, no, but I'm, no, and winning a Grammy. <laughs> no, but, but, but I mean, the, the, that having a professional on the side was supporting your passion also. You know? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but it doesn't diminish the professional uh, prowess. The degree to which you're committed to your profession. No, yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I, to me, social uh, social work and music are one and the same. Mm. The best music, uh, meaning the most honest music, uh, impacts people's lives and heals them. Maybe Jesus, I feel even a, saves I them. feel a big big discussion coming here with yeah. you and I because he and I kind of feel Bob and I kind of feel similarly. Yeah. Like like ev- like everything we try to do ties those things together. They're not separate. It's, if it's good, it's organic. It's all interwoven. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and that's so, what we lack. And so he's also brought about to bring to bring attention to social causes. Like the last album was in a Rwandan prison. Well, the album before. Yeah, Malawian right? prison. And, Malawian prison. And, and it's all musicians in prison. And he went in there and recorded. And wow. tell him the story of how he got in there. Because Malawian prisons don't, aren't really happy about, oh, let's make a record. Yeah. But he did a little... A little junkie move. Tell him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be social work. Yeah. 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 It's music, music ther- therapy. It'll make your prisoners yeah. calmer. Yes. I took a page out of Bob's book. What can I say? So, well, no. I'm so proud when we fuck with the system. <laughs> well, it got in there and it, it brought international attention to this. Well, what did prison. he say? What did you tell them? No, I, I, I really didn't tell them anything. We went there, my wife, Marlena Deli, and I, who's sitting here, who all these projects couldn't happen without her photography and her videography and her support. And she's Rwandan, Italian. And we went down there, and her father had a history in the country, but uh, they would not promise us access to the prison, even though we jumped through all the bureaucratic hoops without going there. So we just had to take the leap of faith and go. And when we got there, the uh, head of the prison at the time, who's a very nice individual, said, yes, you can come in, but I want you to teach classes in violence prevention and conflict resolution. Oh, well, for- it's your thing. He knew yeah. Yeah. for him. Yeah, he saw it in the bio. and He, he, said- he wanted you to teach to the prison guards or to the and prisoners? Both. Oof. And uh, and I said... <laughs> can and I- you imagine? <laughs> Jesus. And everyone speaks English? Um, no, no. It was... Uh, uh, the, uh, many, of the, <laughs> many of the classes were translated from Chichewa to English, and then some were in English because it was the colonial language. Um, but, uh, you know, not only was I willing to do that, I was actually thrilled to do it, happy to do it. Um, because I feel like the, the advantage of teaching is that I get to learn. Well, I- explain your background in that area. Cause Psych- we, we, it's a matter of fact to us. Background. Yeah. Yeah, and, and conflict resolution. When did you first start working in psych hospitals? When I was a teenager. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, literally. I mean, my, my I have a, a deep history and and uh, family history on both sides with, uh, you know, different addiction issues and depression and 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 even bipolarism that goes back as many generations as we know on one side of the family. Where were you? Um, I was in San Francisco Bay Area. I grew up in the suburbs. And um, because I was not able to support myself playing music, uh, I I had to find a job. And the only thing I could see that interested me that I maybe had the possibility of doing was to work in locked psychiatric facilities. Hmm. And they hired me because I was 
the muscle. I was a young <laughs> dude who was willing to work nights and weekends yeah, for yeah. minimum wage and yeah, get, yeah. get my ass kicked, basically. And and that's that's how it started. And, and it, these are the state hospitals that Reagan got rid of, or no? These were the county facilities. Uh, you know, these are the harsh fifty-one fifties. I'm saying the Reagan 50s. got rid of it wasn't him. I'm telling you, it's Carter. I keep telling you. Well, whoever got rid of them, we're missing. Them and it was now. and it was really not even Carter's fault. It was our fault for falling to for the one flew of the cuckoo's nest propaganda that all psych hospitals are terrible places and all psychiatric patients yeah. should be able to live independently. So anyway, but yeah. go ahead. Absolutely, which thinking. led to the homeless population. Yes, by the way. Okay, right. so go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, and and uh, so uh, you know, I started working in facilities, and at some point, uh, they they observed that they thought I was good at talking people down, which uh, I was better at it then than I am now. I was much calmer then than I am now, and, <laughs> and uh, so they asked me to start teaching people, and I didn't really want to, and I said okay, and then I did it, and. One of the people in the class loved it and said, I want you to come teach at the jail I work at. And I was like, I really don't want to do that because yeah. I don't want to be doing this all the time. <laughs> but I went and did it. And then, you know, over time, it went from once a month to once a week to twice a week to making, you know, a whole lot more money than I'd ever made, meaning not minimum wage any longer. And then and then I did that. I've been doing it for 24 years. And, and somewhere along the line, uh, W.W. Norton asked me to write a book on it, and I was like, I don't want to do that. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but then I did, and then I gave them the book, and they didn't like it. And then I wrote it again, and they didn't like that. And then I wrote it again, and they said, no, we like this. Mm. And, and so here so, we are. So, and, but then along the way, it became an institutional requirement for nursing. Yeah. And, and was that because of you, or is it was a parallel, no. parallel course that came along? No, it's parallel. I mean, for did, s- did you then have to learn the bureaucratic stuff to sort of meet the needs of a particular nursing? He doesn't even like the acronyms. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, acronyms. No, <laughs> no, no, I know. No, but, no. but for them to meet their standards, they have to do all this BS. And- yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because uh, you know it was already required for psychiatric staff in California. Then it then in '93 it began to be required for medical ER staff yeah. and. And and there's a very loose interpretation of, of what the training is. It's okay. such an abstract right, so and big that. concept. Okay, that's fine. That's actually good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but 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 let me let me ask this because I am watching all the violence perpetrated by police today, and every time every single case I look at, I go, that could be stopped with a little training like this. Right? Yeah, with a little psychiatric sophistication, a little de-escalation therapy treatment or education, and we don't have this anymore. Yeah. Right? You looking at you must be going mad when you see this stuff. Well, I mean, I think the thing that we have to remember as we talk about anger management and it's not anger management, it's fear management. We're dealing with fear. Anger is always masking fear and sadness and frustration. And and people are afraid. And nobody wins from the violence. Uh, you know, it's very easy to blame the perpetrator, but really everybody suffers from the action and it's everybody's best interest to prevent it. And Unfortunately, I think also we're dealing with in this point in time, I've been talking about this for 24 years, these kind of police incidents and, and, and better screening, better hiring, um, better support for them. Better education. Better education. Uh, you look at a police department like Berkeley where they require them to have a BA to become a police officer. Well, it, it, it has impact. Right. Uh, you know, maybe only because it set some kind of bar. Maybe that's the well, only and, and reason. And Los Angeles got their sort of got their crap together a bit, at least in terms of the escalation of force. I'm not sure they're sophisticated with 
de-escalation. Yeah, yeah. But they're but they're better with the escalation of force, and they have resources, and non-lethal means, and blah 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 blah. Cost a fortune. Yeah, no one else will do that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is you know, I think people need to do the cost analysis of of this. That's sad. Yeah, and and, and so every little podium, you Bobby, remember every little freaking town. That you drive through, you know, Alancha has to develop its own police force. You know what I mean? Every little town has to develop a team. I know, but the Alancha city is going to be sued when their officers. No, I, I understand. You know what I, I mean? I so they, that's the cost analysis they're doing now. They're but, using it against that. They are. There's a lot of good police forces across the United States trying. Uh, Dallas being the leading, which was so crazy yeah. that the one police department that's really going above and beyond is the one this guy chooses to go yeah. massacre. Yeah, that kind of that kind of demystifies karma. You know? <laughs> then, that uh, that they were the ones that got it. You know, they so. were the ones really doing. It. You knew that, right? I, I didn't know that, but I'm, it doesn't surprise me. But so two two things. I, I sense like a British educational background with you. What, what, is there something you did somewhere else than here? No, I'm a high school dropout from public schools in California that Reagan gutted. Oh, oh. We're going to blame it on Reagan. <laughs> you can blame that. You can blame that. Okay. We're good with that. Uh, but I, I just want to blame where it, dessert, where it goes. Okay. Where it belongs. Okay. Just so, his, so we can learn from history. You know what I mean? Let's not, let's not confuse ourselves. Right. Um, so you had you, what is your training? Then nursing? My, no, my training is on the job. Wow, my own curriculum that I made up out of my own experience in my own head. See, there was a world back then, Drew. Remember, a world. where you <laughs> could remember, remember, <laughs> and then nineteen, even up until the late nineteen eighties, you could really, if you were excellent at something, it didn't matter where you came from or as long as you were excellent at it nowadays there's so many bureaucratic like you don't like bureaucratic requirements of really mediocre people i meet so many people in the helping field that never early on in their education somebody should have told them you really don't have this in your blood right, oh, yeah. right exactly. <laughs> you know what i mean and, and, so and, now and bureaucratic sort of standards is a substitute for skill exactly <laughs> for smart exactly you know it's a checklist yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. and so how do we get back to where a guy can rise up and just be so dynamic and ha- and be able to to change so many people's lives well let's go back to the jail in rwanda yeah so you were you're taking us in there you have to educate everybody how was it it, w- it was uh, you know an incredible education opportunity and i think the the, the benefit that i've had in 24 years of doing this and, and i've been able now to do it in asia and in africa and in europe and and uh, in the middle east and all over america and you know 24 years of seeing literally now almost an entirely new generation of management and bureaucrats and the way they think and that human nature doesn't change and that the stories are the same. And, and, and tragically, so much of this is preventable. Tragically, we can look at these instances and just say, you know, a, a little thing could have made a big difference. Talk, talk to us about how. Well, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, number one is just it's not setting up people to be uh, in competition with one another unnecessarily, to not have these win-lose situations. In this country itself, the craziest thing is that we talk about fight or flight. Well, fight or flight is, is a very macho scientific construct. The reality is, is that it's a fight, flight, or freeze reaction. But the reality is in nature, it's freeze, flee, and then fight if you absolutely have to and you can't get away in your corner. And then freeze again. Yes. Freeze again if you're going to be killed. <laughs> yeah. That is There's really there, what happens. Yeah. That, and that's actually how our nervous system evolved. The autonomic nervous system is sort of layered that way. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and so this idea of stand your ground, wh- what ground? 
You know, I mean, it's, 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 so if I move two inches, where is it now? I mean, it's the craziest idea in the world to, to, to deny people the opportunity to do the very thing that has preserved our race and every species on the planet forever. So, so what do you recommend? So well, I recommend flexibility, basically. Creativity, options, empowering people so they're not so afraid of one another and they don't feel obligated because if they feel obligated, then obviously they're going to do things they don't want to do. And what we do in our society all the time is people deceive themselves because they're preparing for the very thing that they think they don't want to do and the person they don't want to be. Wait, wait, say that again. So they prepare and they rehearse for the very thing they don't want to do. So they'll say, I'm a peaceful person, but in their head the entire time they have vengeful fantasies. And, and they're, they're literally creating this script for when and if they would be violent, but they're not violent because they haven't done anything. And that's why when someone says, I'm not an angry person, you know that you're in the presence of the angriest person you'll ever meet when they say they're not an angry person. The better answer is, angrier than I think I am. The better answer than I'm not a racist is, more racist than I would like to be. Wow. <laughs> that's not going to catch on too soon. <laughs> well, no, no, but I don't mean to I mean, rain that, on your parade. No, but, 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 but people but, live in delusion of who they are constantly. No, but, yes. but well, of course, but but I I feel like that conversation is kind of underway right now, a little bit. Yeah, am I, am I wrong? Yeah, I think because so. I feel like you know implicit bias and those sorts of words that people are learning yeah. now. It's like, hey, look at yourself. You may be surprised. That's that's sort of what I think the conversation is yeah. going towards now. And uh, and to say you know announce I am fill in the blank. Be careful. Right. Caveat emptor. So let's bring uh, it back. You may think you're not, but mm, right. you're a human being, man. It's, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all those things. Yeah. All of us. But So let's bring it to a more practical thing, because you you and I have worked together with kids and their parents. Yeah. And that's a lot of people who listen to this podcast have troubled teenagers, all the like, typical clients we shared. And one of the things that you want to do that Ian taught me, which is to use nonviolent language, to use inclusive language. So we all want to solve this problem because parents want to point the finger at the drug addict 20-year-old. Yeah. And then the tw- oh, you know what the 20-year-old does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, points yeah. one finger straight up in the air yeah, at them. But so you're trying to be uh, enlist them and in, in be yeah. a, a, what is the word I'm looking for? Sort of collaborate with them. Yeah. They make it collaborative. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And so that I think is the more practical like the nonviolent communication that you that you kind of shared with me that I became kind of obsessed with that Rick was obsessed with. Yeah, yeah. This way of talking Drew, it's really interesting. It's this way of talking to your teenager in a way that's inclusive but almost like our parents talk to us. I know I know that sounds crazy. Give me an example. Um my dad would just say, How to create well, I'll give you an example of, of a good dad. <laughs> My dad, the first time I got a C, you weren't allowed to get C's in our house. Yeah. And B's were not great if they were in, in uh, math or in, something. Yeah, in important the subjects. The three R's. Yeah. Right? So I got a C. My mom said, oh my God, <laughs> go sit in your father's room. Like he had a den room, right? Sat there for an hour, sitting in this chair. He came in with my report card, looked at it, and said, don't you think you should be doing better than that? And I was like, yeah. And then he said, well, then do that. And then he just walked out of the room. <laughs> like, Did you do it? Yes. Yes. But when you get a bunch of tutors and everything's about this, what I see thousands of Los Angeles do for their children, they hmm. never improve. There's something about, listen, 
you're you're very capable of doing better than this, aren't you? In a very direct way. There's the old way that we threw out parenting is not working. The, the, that I'm, I'm looking you. at my producer wife, thinking, I wonder if we get <laughs> Douglas in here to talk about this because he overcame something like that, and it wasn't I, I wasn't aware that we did anything, but he found something in him that he, he helped him dig through and he uses it till this day. That you grit, were you know, well. Here's what what when I talked about it with somebody else, my dad believed that I could do better, and he wanted a verbal contract with me. And it wasn't, I wasn't going to be punished. I wasn't going to be spanked. I wasn't going to be anything of that. It was just between he and I. I was like 13 years old, 12 years would, old. Would it have been even a little more sophisticated to go, is, is something wrong? Do we? Can you need our... No, because that leads to all the bullshit that ends but, but, up in the but, rehab. But isn't it often something's wrong? No, it's often No, the it's case. not. Often you, it's you, not. I would say often it's okay, not. Okay, but so what you want is the kid to find those internal resources and grind it out of them, right? That's growth, right? Yeah. Find those internal resources and use them. Do you think hiring tutors and hiring psychologists to talk to teenagers Sometimes. is going to do that? Sometimes. Never. Not never. never. Not never. Uh, I deal with Iron. it every Let's talk day. To Iron. <laughs> Iron. Do you think it helps? Well, no. I mean, I think I think the key is is that inclusiveness. Are you, are you right that you need the internal? It's the goals. Have them find the grit and the internal resources. Well, to yeah, it. to be independent. Yeah. Yeah. But also to have that hopefulness, and it's it's about we and us, and I think that that we have to purify ourselves and rid ourselves of ambivalence about our relationships. Have the relationship? What do you mean? Or don't have the relationship? And if you're going to have the relationship, be constructive, which means to believe that it can turn out positively, and to focus on what is happening versus who it's happening to. So this is very important in most relationships in modern life, is that people are dealing with people they don't want to be dealing with. That's why they're so frustrated or, all the or time. Or I think the, the other thing you'd mentioned that I think is the, the bigger symptom is they're unclear who's this happening to. Right. Because right. the parents, it's happening to them. Right. Yes. right. When, it, it is, exactly when it is it. not happening to them. Right. Explicitly not. Yes. And to the extent that even a molecule of it is, we got a boundary problem. I'll yeah. show you the example. Yeah. In my example, my dad wasn't going, oh my God, he's going to end up flunking out of school and be on drugs and die of a heroin overdose. That's what a lot of parents I deal with do over simple but, but wouldn't academic it be, setbacks, opposition, you know. But, but you know why you responded to it? Because he, he identified something real in you. I respected him he, but and he, I But loved he respected him. you. He put a boundary. He said, shouldn't you do better? Yes or no? <laughs> shouldn't <laughs> yeah, you? Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you do, good. Yeah. Go. But, but As opposed to if you'd said no, and he would have said why. Yeah, yeah. Why not? What do you need? What's going on? Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll never know because I knew I could do better. <laughs> right. But but I'm saying that right now we're living in a psychobabble society. Are we not, Ian? We are. Yes. We're living in the in the post uh, pop psychology. All right. All right. Hold on. We're going to hold that thought. <laughs> we take a break because okay. that's a whole line of conversation that we're going to get into in just a second. <laughs> We are back. Uh, remind you that this uh, Dr. and This Life podcast uh, is brought to you by Bergamet Pro Plus. Uh, if you listen to the interview we did with Dr. Ehrlich. Yeah, I, we I think, talked to him the other day. Yeah, I think you'll see it's a fairly impressive product. And uh, You take it. I take I'm it. I'm impressed and I'm, by I'm aware it. it's working. I, I, can, I got many different reasons. But, uh, of course, it helps reduce um, the issue of metabolic syndrome in addition to lowering cholesterol. It's 100% natural. It's available. Strongest, most effective citrus bergamot product or bergamot product in the market. Physicians, cardiologists worldwide are using it. They've been recommending bergamot Pro Plus. Previously only available through your physician, Pro Plus has all the cardiovascular and metabolic benefits of bergamot Mega Plus, but in a much stronger 
physician straight formula. If you are statin intolerant, you want to improve your vascular health or just prefer a national alternative, Pro Plus might be perfect for you. Discuss with your physician. Only Bergamot products are approved by the prestigious Academia del Bergamotto de Italia uh, with <laughs> numerous <laughs> clinical trials verifying, verifying its effectiveness. Millions of dollars have been spent on research. Do you lab. guys live near there? Marlena's from there. Oh, you're kidding me. Isn't that weird? Ian's wife is from there. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, they improve their products. They, their literature is pretty impressive. I, I was persuaded by it. Uh, heart disease, of course, number one killer. Men and women in the U.S. What are you waiting for? Invest wisely in your lifelong health with Bergamet Pro Plus. Go to bergamet.com to order Bergamet Pro Plus today. And remember, Bergamet for life. Yeah, I, I've... I we met the, the ambassador to Bergamot. Yeah, the American uh, yeah, ambassador. Yeah, the guy is the American But it's the Bergamot <laughs> fruit. The Bergamot <laughs> fruit is a, is a source of polyphenols, and this, the health benefits are being well worked out now. Um, but the Italian language uh, uh, is the is, first get, it, there's no accident to me that opera became fully f- realized in, in Italian language. And the French tried, <laughs> but the language, the, the, the sound of Italian is so musical. I remember once when I was a, I was in Italy once when I was like in college, and I was walking through an in sort of a covered pool, Lake Como, and uh, and children were speaking, yelling across the pool, and it was echoing. And I thought, oh my god, just it was emotional just hearing the sound of the language echoing in the in this pool area. And I thought, oh well, that's that's why that is why this is such a beautiful language. Yeah. That's why it goes so well with music. It is a beautiful language. The Did fun, you know the, he's an opera singer? Did you know that? I think I knew something about an opera of affiliation. Tiny, tiny. yeah, and uh, and, and Italian is, is dilettante. Well, hey, not necessarily. No, the, the, necessarily. The, 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 <laughs> the best musicians have day jobs. I really believe in that. You know. But uh, wow, I, then I feel good about yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to also. Have, I mentioned my son. I mentioned earlier. He he has been told that many many times. That, it's the yeah. truth. Music yeah. should be done because uh, intrin- for intrinsic reasons, yeah. and, and and the system has failed us because it's become capitalistic and people are propped up like Stalin's corpse and and paraded around football stadiums for decades past their prime. And uh, most people have one good song in them, and they only have one good song in them, and they should offer that song to the world, and then they should. Go away. Speaking and of good songs, Bob performed last night. Bob was amazing last night. I heard sold out at McCabe's. It was, yeah, it was a place I love playing. It was yeah. great. Well, you were one of the many doors you slammed shut in your yeah. face. <laughs> reopened now, right? Yeah, it was. it was. Nobody could even figure out there why I was banned from there anymore. Oh, there were too many <laughs> reasons. I can promise. I, I experienced a few of them. Trust me. It was, in your day, you don't understand. Yeah, I know. But in not, in, Nate found a video. I thought it was this other guy, Chris, but Nate found this video of me playing there in 1988, so we did the exact same song from oh, 1988. Cool. It was cool. really cool. Nate was there. Nate yeah. sung, sung the praises of the... Oh. Oh, Nate is our engineer. Okay, so we were going to discuss before the break. I've already lost my train of thought. Uh, the psychobabble, post-psychobabble yeah, world, world we live in. in, right? For parenting, well, let's well, just stay to parenting. Well, let's just let's let's start global and focus parent. Where were you going? Well, no, I was just going to say that I think that the basic default you, you, to try to purify yourself of ambivalence, choose to have a relationship with somebody, and then the focus should be on what is happening versus who it's happening to. So the ego is not triggered as easily. And the basic question, the basic exploration, as you know, with laddering, is almost all based on what? The same question over and over again until we get to what's really going on. So you say to somebody, what's happening? And they say, I don't know. And you say, what's going on? And they say, everything. And you say, what's going on? (laughs) 
<laughs> and eventually you get down to what's really going on beneath everything else. And beneath the anger is always something else. Always, always something Would else. Would it be more effective to go, what are you feeling? Not necessarily, not because that? That, 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 that can be very defensive. Plus, as you know, in our culture, people confuse thoughts and feelings. Oh, man. Most people, when they say, I feel, they're going to tell you what they think. Okay, now that may be part of that psychobabble stuff too right yeah yeah talk yeah. about that a little bit that's, well that's a big deal yeah i mean it's i feel thought statements we are plagued with them and we should police them in, in a very positive way and that is that almost everyone will say things like i feel like that person's an asshole <laughs> <laughs> that's not a feeling right i feel like you're wrong yeah. that's not a feeling yeah you know what do you really feel? And what we know, we don't have to do a lot of guesswork, is most people are afraid, they're frustrated, and they're sad. And they're fundamentally sad because they're going to die and they don't know when. And so we all are afraid of that. And so if we just deal with that and get past it, and then we can focus on what are we going to do? That's that book that you were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Remember you and Dr. Bruce were talking about a book about death, right? Bruce, what was the book? Bruce Hepburn. The Denial, Denial of Death. Of death. Yeah. Have you ever read that book? I've not, but I will now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's Let's the idea you. that that is what this underlying. Yes, absolutely. Well, I and think... what what the bigger fear that I think in addiction medicine, psych, and that we're dealing with is the parent sitting imagining the horror uh, the horror of their child dying of right. drugs well and then the child uses that subconscious fantasy as a, something to manipulate oh right? they'll say it overtly yeah. well sometimes they'll say it overtly <laughs> yeah but 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 i but i would argue that i don't want to go too far to i'm i'm, I'm mortal i don't want to jump to that necessarily because that's an existential thing he wants to talk about trauma what caused well, no, the sadness I, no what i'm saying is most people when you re- what they can't they have trouble identifying what they're really feeling right so i'm feeling fearful i'm feeling anxious but there's usually some feelings underneath right yes. and and there we're not used to connecting to feelings I and mean, you do need other people to connect to feelings right well i've, I've always said people connect to other connect to self connect to other connect to self. that's something i've sort of found yeah I, I i think so i mean i think that's the ideal in a relationship is to tune each other basically but but we have so many people that are tone deaf now to their own emotions that people are walking around just banging into each other emotionally yeah yeah and then the, and that but is is some of the more dialectical kinds of uh, cognitive therapies out there is that helping or hurting well I, it depends on how they're applied i mean i i think the idea of somebody i you know i used to live uh below my my landlord was a psychoanalyst and and you know people going to someone five times a week for a decade and coming out worse for the wear at the end of it. Um, it not always, but, but potentially. Um, with a lot of the people we deal with, and I'm sure you deal with, uh, you know, it's, it's a matter of just making them aware of the way they talk to themselves and others. And if you can just tweak out the language so that it's less extreme, less superlatives, less feeling of obligation, getting out of those can'ts and haves and shoulds and being specific and colorized and talking about what might be the case versus what is the case. Talking about what... It's like, like Louis C.K. says, well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not wishy-washy. It's not wishy-washy to say, well, you know, it might not be a good idea to smoke cigarettes, but it might be all right. I believe that story about your grandfather that lived to be 95 and smoked well, five packs of palm oils a, a day. There's a feature of motivational enhancement therapy in here, right? Well, potentially, yeah. yeah. It's like, what's in it? Like, what? what how does that work for you, right? And what's in it for you? Where do you find 
you know, is that working for you? It's just yeah. forty help the person find the motivation for change. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the the I want to be educated by that individual because I I find their their behavior mystifying and trying to get what it is that's motivating the individual. Well, you, you've brought up obligation multiple times. I, I don't get that part. Uh, you probably do, Bob, right? Because you're well, anti-social. I love to give you shit well, about it. Well, no, but I that, can't. It's, it's the, such go comical to me. Obligation because, is because, another way. You know why it's comical to me? I'm just wanting to say this out loud. Because you're such a warm, interpersonal, spirited person. And you have this antisocial thing that <laughs> thing. comes in all the that's time. That's a survival it, mechanism I, it, I that served me well thing. through the me, year. I think it's funny as hell. Just, you know. <laughs> The but other it, Bob. It, it's my survival mechanism. So I, if, you, if it bothers you, please tell me. No, it doesn't. Because I don't plan I, to stop giving you shit there. about it. <laughs> I know it's there. I know it's a lot less. You know, Roland, my therapist, would always tell me, do you know how much better you are than before? And I would be like, no. No. <laughs> because, because I want to riot sometimes, but not every day. Does he read your Facebook posts? <laughs> I just do that. Listen, social media is a necessary uh, evil of doing business in the 21st I century. Know, I don't know why. Does he read your Facebook posts? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so finish up. The obligation. So, does that relate to the for something obligation? Gonna... I just always think is I'm choosing attachment and detachment. What? Right? That we're, 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 Social beings, and we're having relationships. Yeah. Some chosen, some not chosen. Yeah. Say coworkers, not chosen, huh. but in, intimate relationships chosen. And there is responsibility, I would say, to, in those relationships. I'm supposed to act professional at work. I'm supposed to have good boundaries, right? I'm supposed to encourage and support my children academically. I'm supposed. There's some a lot of I'm supposed tos. Is that what you're talking about about obligation? Well, there's a yeah, there's a basic structure that I th- I think. If- how about how about how I view myself and who I want to be? It comes if I'm going to have these relationships with responsibility. Yeah, there's there's a basic structure. Can't have should. If 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 you can if you can tweak that out, with, have or have to. Yeah, you know you know. So with young males, yeah. can't have should because the basic structure is I couldn't back down. I had to stand my ground because he shouldn't have talked to my girlfriend that way. Okay, you know we can't let the patients get away with this shit. We have to show them who's in control because they shouldn't be able to treat us this way. That structure leads to a huge percentage of the problems that we have. So is, is that your book? Uh- Anger antidotes. It's in there, yeah. Yeah, okay. and hateless, and, yeah. and and some of the others, and and I, you know I can't translate to it's difficult. So when people talk about what they can't do, they're doing a disservice to people that truly can't do something. Somebody who's paralyzed from the neck down can't get up and walk. Somebody who's having trouble leaving their partner can leave their partner. So it's difficult. It's, it's difficult. Can't becomes it's difficult. Yeah, it's difficult. Have becomes have begins to obligate the other individual to something where not only can't they do anything else now they're now they're duty bound. They're doing they what, the, what, what what they what they must do. They're they're doing the very right thing. So so there's now no responsibility. There's only blame. I had to kick that guy's ass because I'm an educator and I was just trying to teach him a lesson, right? So I was just trying to do the right thing. And so there's a danger there. Should... Would you transition that into something else? Well, I choose to, you know, talking about options and talking about what the choices are. Well, just, just when you're saying that, because I have a newborn, <laughs> yes. I, I, I do use can't and it's not true. <laughs> so people so say, hey... Okay, let's go do this right. thing, and I'll say, "Oh, I can't. I just had a newborn." Right, right. But right. I 
could have. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it would be extremely difficult. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> very difficult. And I choose not to. Yeah. What about choose? I don't want to go to the Dodger game with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> See, that's where I really, you know, that's where I have difficulty is telling people. Well, having those difficult conversations with people. Right. right, right. It's very nobody difficult. wants to have them. You don't either. Nobody does, not. Drew. I'm codependent. I know. But, but, How but do it's like we a, have a, a more step. honest relationships too? That's important. <sighs> but yeah, there's there's a you don't want to hurt people. Yeah, there's a piece in here where you have to take other people's considerations into like like when you're making amends, you can't hurt the other person. Same kind of idea. But but I want to go back to how you get to now. Then should where should go? Well, should is the worst because now the other person is obligated, and half the time they don't even know it. And and the other person, yes, it, meaning the the world, the environment, another individual. Most people that are antisocial are issuing contracts to other people without the other person's knowledge. Hey, it's a come binding on now. Contract. <laughs> <laughs> right so the idea is that you should know better right and therefore you are already at a disadvantage the minute you do something that i disapprove of that doesn't follow these rules of can't have and should and the big misconception is that people that are antisocial are anarchists it's not true they are more law-abiding than everybody else they have more rules and they follow them without fail and those rules give them exceptions that allow them to be violent and continue to feel like they are not a violent individual and that they're right because they can blame the environment and so shoulds are extremely dangerous Give because they fuel self righteousness. Typical should. Seems like people, that's the world we're in right now. Right? Yeah, people should be nicer to each other than they are. Well, we can agree with that statement. The problem is it sets me up for depression, it sets me up for failure, it sets me up for frustration daily. People should drive better than they do. I agree with that statement. Everyone in the state of California, if I was the czar, would have their license <laughs> taken away. But see, my, my head goes immediately to then, well, let's, what, do we, what do we need to do? Right. If if you really have there, if there really are shoulds out there, let's get towards <laughs> solutions. But I have found particularly today when I start asking for, well, what do you want? What do you want to do? What's right. the, what are the, uh, I get, oh, how dare you? It's yeah. so complicated. You right. wouldn't understand. Right. So it's like that's just committing yourself to being angry forever and no solution. Right. Exactly. Right? Oh, I feel like that's the world I'm in. How do you do? You have any analysis of the, the political landscape ba- based on what you're seeing? Or now? social media is another one that well, I was well, seeing. They're interwoven. Yeah, they, they they are interwoven. I mean, I th- I think that you know narcissism's always been around. Yeah. We have the technology now to exacerbate it a- a- and even celebrate it more than ever before. And and that began in in the Reagan era. You know, with, oh, yeah. with, you know, <laughs> sure. uh, it already started the seeds of it, and and yeah. now it's blowing up to. Epic proportions, yep. you know, people literally dying, taking their own picture. I, I, I don't know if there's a, a greater uh, symbol than that. That is a rad thing that's only happened the last few years. People dying, falling off a cliff, taking a picture. Hey, I saw a guy yesterday. You know that new ramp in Santa Monica that comes off Pacific Coast Highway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a guy doing a handstand on the ledge, walking down it. He's, he's eight stories up. Somebody filming it. I hope. I, I'm sure of it. I was sure of it as I saw it. I, thought, I can't. I can't. I, I can't. Wa- I can't stop. I can't watch this. I don't know what to do. I, I, yeah. What was? No, I told you to go look. Oh God. Anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, and and I think the political landscape. I'm a big believer in the idea, and this is what our music projects, like going into Zamba Prison, was about in Rwanda and other underrepresented countries. But a big, big believer in this idea, ancient idea, that that those that want to lead should not be allowed to, and those that don't want to should be encouraged or forced to. <laughs> and we're seeing that right now. Yeah, you know that that this goes all the. I can go back in political history. I mean, uh, presidential history, if you want. This let's actual, go back and let's. This stay is an actual, there. No, could have changed everything. Yeah. This is an actual fact. 
um, a friend of mine's dad is a very popular Democratic politician from Louisiana, right? He, he, um, the Democratic power things after Clinton were not too crazy about Gore. They knew he wanted to, but they knew he wasn't a very good speaker and he didn't think he could appeal to the mass public. So they were looking for recruits of who might run for president. And they came to my friend's dad and they said, you know, you can deliver the South, you can do this. It's like, this is the greatest thing they wanted him to do. And he said, I, I'm not interested. He was a senator at the time. And he, did, he wasn't interested because of what running for president would do to his children. One was troubled, yeah. that was my friend. And, yeah, yeah. and by the way, I would argue the same uh, ancient philosophy applies to parenting. Yes. People that yes. don't want to have kids should. <laughs> People that do have kids, not so much. Yeah. But, yeah. but so anyways, he said no. They said, come on, you know, you know, it's a, you know how politics are. Yeah. So he said no. My son has some troubles. I know they'll dig it up and drag him through the mud and it'll be terrible and it's already going to be horrible to begin with. I'm not going to do that to my family. When Bush won, instead of Clinton, I mean, instead of Gore, Bush came to this Democratic senator and said, I want you to be on my cabinet, mm. right? That's a guy who has like Kasich type it's, abilities, it's a band right? Of, band of, uh, what was the famous book about Lincoln? Band of Rivals. But did he have Democrats in his he had cabinet? He had everything. Oh, okay. he, all, his, all his main enemies and rivals, he pulled in onto his cabinet. Yeah. So anyways, that the idea, if he would have ran... What would have happened? Florida would have been easier to deliver because he's a, a senator, very popular in the South from yeah. from from Louisiana. But the whole like, history. Yeah. But he just didn't want to do that. I'm sure, there's family. thousands of cases of that. I'm yeah, sure there is, yeah, yeah. but that's one that I know for a fact. Yeah. And he's also the reason why I got out of that assassination thing. Yeah. But you know. well, I mean. <laughs> Why were you shut out of the caves? I don't understand. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but, what happened to the owner? Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. but but you know, this all all the stuff you explore is so great to me, especially the cover of the New York Times. That was amazing this year. Yeah, that was right. That was a beautiful thing to get thing. these the the kind of Drew to get this the horrific conditions down there and this crazy kind of systems they have. They have crazy honor murder there that they have a colonial law, but there's a cultural law. The, the article in the New York Times went into it. It was just crazy. Like, what is the law where you should go kill somebody if they do something to your... Uh, well, I mean... It's, the, a t it's a very famous kind of thing in, in Malawi. Yeah, I mean, the, well, there are revenge killings and, and there's... You know, these are tribal cultures that have been you know. there for a thousand yeah, years, yeah, yeah. and then there's colonial law, yeah. so they don't go to prison for that long, right? They only go for like eight years or nine years. No, there's there's life there's life in prison. I mean, I mean the thing the thing that I think we have to always bear in mind, though, and it's important, is that Malawi is the number one poorest nation in the world. The, the conditions there are are quite horrible. They're not necessarily worse for some of the prisoners who come from the poorest of the poor in that nation than they were outside. They will tell you that. But in many ways, uh, I don't think we can take the moral high ground when it comes to prisons. The, the officers don't carry guns inside the prison. So you've got 2,000 plus people in a 340 person prison, and they, on most days, get along pretty peacefully. So there's a lot of bad and 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 there's there's also something to be learned, I think, there as well. You know, uh, very different than privatized prisons, let's say. 
We got to wrap things up. Is there anything you want to summarize about what you want people to know about your work? And well, you know, you got, what you got coming up? You know, we, we we have a lot of stuff going on. The new Zomba Prison Project record just came out. Uh, the book How Music Dies or Lives is, is out. That's the fourth book. And you have your own and, website with all this stuff on it. There's like uh, how many albums have you produced now? I don't know. I don't know. Seven <laughs> seven this year, but the best one was seven uh, this the best year. the best one was Bob Forrest Survival oh, Songs. Stop it. Yes, it was. Yes, it is. And uh, ianbrennan.com. You can find some of that stuff. But I'm not on social media. Oh, my God. On purpose. All right. Playroom Pod Productions, courtesy of uh, this Playroom Pod production, courtesy of Doctor.com. We want to uh, like to hear from you. All the Doctor podcasts are listed as soon as they go up on the website. We have an exciting new newsletter. Uh, it's going up to give you insights into topics of some of the new shows, like the Dr. Drew and Bruce show. Uh, we read your email, so please sign up at contact slash com and tell us what is on your mind. Good or bad, we get the emails. We also are in the process of setting up a new podcast, as I said, with Dr. Bruce. We will sort of focus on medical issues there. It is, at this point, called Weekly Infusion. Please subscribe on iTunes and tweet us your thoughts and suggestions at This Life Podcast and at Weekly Infusion. Tell us there. We'll be sure to make, turn them into podcasts and address them on the newsletter. Please tell a friend and also give us five stars on iTunes, Podbean, or Podbay. Ian, thank you. Really, it was really cool. Really oh, thank you. Very no, good conversation. Really Bob, thank you for bringing Ian in. Thanks, this is, we, yeah. we should do. We could do a series of these. Yeah. Let's do it. Do some more. The outro music is courtesy of the Zamba Prison Project. This is yours. Yeah. It is. It you, is. The newest you. album. Take, this is the this new is one? the new one. I think. Yeah, Take, yeah. These are these are the voices of tortured angels. The the, the, the last album that you gave me. Yeah. And right. This is, this it's is, just beautiful. I and will people not need to expand their palette of music just by one of Ian's produced records and it'll and you, and you can get it beautiful. where you can get it you can get them everywhere amazon amazon on iTunes. amazon amoeba banner. amoeba if you're in la this is i will not stop singing
Yeah. 